So I had this like this epiphany the other night watching Maple Leafs preseason hockey. Saturday night, game starts, a blue sweater comes out on the ice, Habs on the other end of the rink, and I'm just like, it felt good. I felt I felt really like I, there was this sense of like euphoria going through me while, while watching it. And I just had this moment where it's like, I've been so mad at this organization. The maddest I've ever been at them since May. And here I am just with a stupid smile on my face, getting ready to watch this game and just so happy for it to be on. And I'm like, this is the cycle. This is the vicious cycle of being a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Yep. And plus fans back in the right. building. That's right. Fans that back just, in the building. That just adds a whole different atmosphere. I, I don't know what it is about this team, this sweater, this blue. It just sucks you back in. It and, it, and every time the preseason starts, it's it's the hope. It's just hoping that maybe somebody catches fire they find the right line combination somebody has a career year and somehow they'll finally figure it out it is it is something about that blue i don't know what it is i know we're not the only people have said that too no it just it it's it's capped it like the blood starts pumping inside me like i'm so passionate about this shade of blue I don't know. The white uni doesn't have the same. No. And it, that's really never been the case. Like the like over the years, like it's always been the blue uni. Like even the one behind you, that blue uni, um when they when they had those and then they brought back that sort of retro like third uni, you know the one I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the, the one Burke like 2013. Yeah. yeah, like the one where that they thing were was pretty goat. Yeah. My opinion, the greatest leaf uni of all time, the one they wore um for the uh First winter classic they were in against the wings yeah. at the big house. Yeah, those were sick. Oh, those uniforms are just like they bring a tear to you or tear to your eye. Yeah, so there's, there's just something about, I don't get this franchise. Like we just fall back in love yeah. every year, the sweater, and then it's just Yeah. I don't get it. And then come next spring, we'll be epically pissed off again and saying that we hate them. And that we're going to come into next season with appropriate expectations and just get on this roller coaster ride all over again. Yeah. Anyways, this is the first we've spoken since training camp is open. Um, just a disclaimer to our uh, viewers, listeners: if you're coming here for in-depth preseason analysis, you're at the wrong place. Like I like. I'm going to watch the preseason games. I'm going to enjoy them. I'm going to take note of certain guys. Curtis Gabriel comes to mind, but like, I'm not going to do, we're not going to do deep dives into preseason wins and losses. No, but it is tough. It's, it's again, getting sucked back into the whole routine of a new season. It's, we're not going to get sucked into the preseason because it's the preseason, but then Michael Bunting has a good game and everyone's like, look at the Michael Bunting. Bunting. Yep. Find Maybe he can be the top line left winger. Maybe he can be the cheap Zach Hyman. Maybe Josh Hosang could catch fire 
in, or, or lightning in a bottle and become a top six forward and finally mature as a human being and as a hockey player. That's just that's just the things we fall back into in the preseason. But you and I aren't stupid. We've done this a million times, our fourth season of this podcast. It's it's stupid to get excited about something in the preseason. Like you, you just can't. It, I agree. And, like, I just, I'm not going to, like, like, it is what it is. All the big guys, like, I'm sure they'll all look good. William Nylander looked really good in the first game. But it's like, I'm not going to read too much into it. They should go out there. They should play well. It's a time to get your legs. And I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about their opponent. I do want to go back to the opening day of camp and all the media availabilities and press conferences that we that we got to see. I don't know if you agree with me on this, but Kyle Dubas, he was the one I was by far the most fascinated with. He looks like a guy and came off to me like a guy who knows the walls are sort of closing in on him. Like he really struck me as somebody who you could just see it in his face. It's not like he said anything in particular. He did say one thing that I'll touch on in a moment, but like he, it's just, he looked on edge. And I think these guys need to get used to the fact that when you have epic playoff disappointment after epic playoff disappointment, you're going to get asked about it. Like you, you have put yourself in a position where, and I know you and I are big believers of that. Like they're in the one of the toughest divisions in the league. There's no guarantee they're going to make the playoffs. But like you, you put yourself in a situation where talk to me when you do something in the playoffs. Yeah, it's a tough playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. We can't even win a game. It's a tough situation to be in because you expect playoffs, but now you kind of have to almost like do a mini reset. And it's like, we haven't proved anything. We haven't won a thing. But now this year, we have to go out and prove that we're a good enough team to make the playoffs. And with Dubis, it's to me, I see a guy who made a bunch of decisions, signed a bunch of contracts, put his eggs in one basket. Was a quote machine. We can, we will. Yeah. yeah. And and now it's, yeah. I am screwed. Yeah. If these Four dudes don't pull me out of this. I'm done. Yep. And and it's it's question after question after question. And from him and all the players, it's media trained answers. Media trained answers. I just want Kyle to or or Mitch or anybody to just snap in an interview. <laughs> and and you know what? If they snap, the reporters will run with it. They'll run it, they'll write a story, blah, blah, blah. But for me personally, it will show that. You are a human being. You are pissed off. It is tough. Like you should be pissed it's off. It's tough to get pelted with those questions. Like, like to like to your point about Mitch Marner. It's like that dude. Like he's getting he's getting destroyed. Oh yeah, in the media, on the radio, during his interviews, he's getting destroyed, and it's just the same old crap of I can't control this, and this season's a new season, and it's like I almost just want to see this dude just let out a little frustration because. That's what I would do if I was in his situation. Oh my God, I would spaz. Screw all the idiot reporters that cover this team and, and will write whatever story they're going to write if you do come out. But for me personally, I want to see you snap because I know you're pissed off because you can't handle well, you another can playoff it, man. Failure. You can see it in his face. Like, you yeah. can see it in his face. Like, and, and, but here's the thing, though. It's like, 
when you're paid, like, God, I sound like a broken record. Like, how many times on, oh, this, dude, con- yeah, on this podcast, yeah. like, how many times have you and I talked about cap hit? Like, oh. it's just like, oh. oh. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, so it's like, it's like, but when you're paid $11 million and you set a record for shooting pucks over the glass in a first-round series against a team that you dominated all regular season because that team has ratcheted up the intensity and you can't handle it, and you guys absolutely whiff. And you're up 3-1. And you guys absolutely whiff again. Like, it's like, this is part of it. This is all part of it. I know, and it's frustrating for him, too, because he can't do anything right now. Like, right now, he's just a little moke answering interview questions. Yep. He can't go on the ice that second and prove that he's he's going to have the season of his life, that he's going to lead this team to the playoffs. He has to sit there like a little dummy and answer all the stupid questions and answer them in the, in, in the most robotic way possible. And, and it's just, look, I could just see it in his face. Like, just, I want to just take a swing at a reporter <laughs> or something. Like, just, oh. or just, or just fire back at, at them and be like, I'm a professional athlete. Yeah. Like, what are you? You know what? I sucked in the playoffs yeah. last year. Yeah. I was brutal. Yep. I should have been better. Yep. But you know what? Every single year, I'm a threat to get 100 points. I can make a guy like Michael Bunting a 20 goal scorer if I play to my potential. Like you said, like you said last week, I'm probably going to be a top six winger on the team Canada. Exactly. Team. You know yeah. what? Mitch Marner could sit there and be like, you know what? I basically gave John Tavares his career year. I made him have his career year playing with him. That's how good I am. That's what I want him to say. You know what? I sucked, but I am that damn good, and I will prove you guys this year that I am that damn good for the money I'm getting paid and for the type of player I am. That's what I want him to say. I um, Before we move on from this, and it's kind of in the same vein, I wanted to touch on what I wanted to say earlier about Dubis. Like the, he was asked some question about inheriting like the like 1967 like he was asked like you know it's been that long since they've done anything and they haven't made the playoffs since 2004 and he's just like well you know that wasn't us and we're not going to carry it and that to me like in past years he would have remained calm and been like well, you know, a storied organization like this, and we're here, and we're going to do our best to change that, and blah, blah, blah. But this year, he was really like, well, we're not responsible for that, and we haven't been here since 1967, and we don't, like, 2004 is not on us, and we and it's like, you can just tell, like, and the, I, I don't like that. Like, stop doing that. Like, stop, like, stop. Like, it's just, it comes off so, like, you're being mean to us, and I'm going to protect me, and I'm going to protect my guys. It's yeah. just, like, just... As much as as much as you're making the point of like yes, it would be it would be entertaining to see one of them just like tee off on one of these reporters like asking tee these off, questions. Tee off in the right way, like not just give a little snooty remark mm. back, just like drop the facts. Yeah. I wasn't a part of that. Yeah. I wasn't a part of 2004. I wasn't a part of 2013. But I'm gonna own up to my failures that I've been a part of the yeah. past couple seasons. And I don't I don't hear a lot of that. I hear a lot of like. I believe in this group and and um like if you read Brendan Shanahan's quotes after losing to Columbus and then you read his quotes after losing to the Habs 
They're the exact same. He yeah. says the same thing both times. He's like, well, honestly, I've never seen this group more despondent after I saw, like, after losing to the Blue Jackets. And then he says the same thing after losing to the Habs. And he's like, we need to work on our killer instinct. And it's a process. And it's grow. And it's like, I think, I think what happens, I can't believe, like, 12 minutes into this and we're still teeing off about playoffs last year. But this is what they've done. Yeah. So it's like, I think, it, listen, if you just went out and you went toe-to-toe with the Habs for seven games and they Carey Price just stoned you and you just lost, I think everyone would be disappointed. But I don't think, the, the, the vitriol comes from shooting the puck over the glass repeatedly. The vitriol comes from demanding these salaries and then no-showing in the biggest games. And so I think that it's the optics of it that really, like, is what makes people upset. Yeah, and it's also if I was if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do a deep dive here. It's also because if, if we're talking about history in 67 and 04, it's also because this was the first time the Leafs did it right. Yes. They sucked. Yes. They got this guy yeah. who is maybe their best player in franchise history. Potentially, probably the best goal scorer to ever don the sweater. You got Mitch Marner, who can get 100 points a year. You have William Nylander, who's capable of being one of the most skilled hockey players in the league. Drafted all of them, did it all correctly. You look at Pittsburgh. They drafted Malkin, Crosby, all those guys, won three cups. Drafted Ovi in Washington, won a cup. Blackhawks. Blackhawks, Kane, Taves, drafted, won a cup. They followed that model. And I feel like Leaf fans, that's what we wanted. And now it's like you followed the model. You had a couple of years where it's like, hey, they're just learning. And then you go out and pay them a shitload of money. And now it's a disaster. And it's like, what if he walks? Like, what if this doesn't work out? Then what? Then you got to do that all over again? Like, this is the, these are the group of players that we thought were going to bring us that next level of success that this franchise and this fan base has been craving for forever. Well, and if it's so, it's so, um, it's so Leafs. Or it would happen to, the Leafs and the Leafs fans that when they're in the middle of doing this and the salary cap is doing this, they hit a pandemic and the salary cap goes like this. Well, you know what? That that's, that's all well and good, but I'm looking at these numbers. All these guys are overpaid. Like I'm, I'm sorry. You, you compare them to any other top superstar in the league, all overpaid. All right. Well, that may be Austin Matthews. So let's, let's, that's a good transition. So we got the, we got the r- roster here in front of us. I'm watching the preseason games and I'm thinking to myself, like you got Matthews and Marner, you got Tavares and Nylander. You could see maybe the two wingers switching through periods of the season, depending on what's going on. But those four are pretty much set when it comes to your forwards. Yeah. Everything else is going to be shuffled, mixed around, moved around, Kerfoot's on the wing. Now Kerfoot's playing center. Spezza's on the wing. Now he's playing center. Michael Bunting starting on the, uh, as the top line left winger. Uh, may, that maybe doesn't work out for a couple games. Nick Ritchie gets a shot up there. Um, Wayne Simmons, I could see getting a, a shot up there. Like, it's like, I think that that is going to be the story of this season is it's going to be, you've got your like core four up front and everyone else around them. It's just it's just Sheldon Keefe like doing this. That, that, that wasn't that last year. This guy just shuffles lines and positions twenty four seven. I wouldn't expect any different from the guy. 
Well, how many how many different line combinations did they have last year? Other than Marner and Matthews being together the whole year, like he he sticks with those top four, like you said. But last year was the same thing. It was just shuffling the deck twenty four seven. What about the guy before him? No, oh, he's an idiot. <laughs> I do miss the being able to come on here. Like I love Sheldon. I think he's Sheldon Keefe is so the type of coach that like you would just love playing for. Like yeah. he's definitely a players coach. But they're, the only thing I miss about Babs is we just can't come on. He just not. He just doesn't fire out the quotes. Oh yeah, epic uh, quotes. Yeah, that Babs. Well, Babs anymore. was different. Babs didn't change a line to save his life. But Keith shuffled all the lines last year. It's gonna be the same thing this year. It's gonna be who's hot, who's contributing, what guy's playing above his potential, what guy sucks. It's gonna be the same thing all over. Well, again. and perfect example of why I'm saying like you're not gonna. I'm not gonna read too much into preseason. Like if you go off one preseason game. Michael Bunting is he's a top. He's, he's, top he's six the new forward. Zach Hyman, the top six forward. Yeah, yeah. He, he he four checks. He's quick on his feet. He had a nice deflection for a goal. Maybe if Marner could set him up, he could pot twenty five. Well, like, I'm not that, saying that's the, that's the conversation that people are having. That mean you aren't having because we know like, and because we know. no and because we don't deal and hypotheticals. hypotheticals. Watch Michael Bunting. Just drop a 30 spot this year and we look like complete idiots well listen i'm not saying he can't do it he probably can like if he's playing with two guys if you're gonna have the best nhl season of your career you're playing with the right two guys so i'm not saying he can't do it i'm just saying if you go off the one preseason game you would think this guy is the second coming and i'm I, maybe he maybe you're right a month in the season will be like michael bunting yeah and, and we talked about this last week this is what they need. Yeah. When, when you build your team the way they've built their team and you're so top-heavy, you need Michael Bunting, who's making $950,000, to come in and be a top-six forward at $950,000. Rob, I think if they need to make the playoffs, let them make a run, that has to happen. Yeah. Like That has to happen. Guys like him have to have a year like that because I don't know if the top four can just carry this the whole way. They're going to have to get contributions all up and down the lineup from dudes who are making no money to dudes who are making a lot of money. It's got to be, there's got to be someone in here in this roster. That's going to have a career year or a breakout year for this team to, to go somewhere and do something. What about David Kempf? Where's the new, uh, Philip to he is the new Philip Talk to Habs fans. Loved his quote the other yeah. day where he was like, I'm here to shut down the other team's best players. I'm like, yes, you David are. David Camp, Camp is the new Phil Deneau. Yeah. Underrated defender. Maybe McKinnon will get on in yeah. two weeks talking about how GOAT and, and, Camp and, and, is. And you, know, and you know what's going to happen is David Kempf is going to shut down uh, Connor McDavid, and then some guy on the Talking Oilers podcast is oh, going to yeah. go, you can't outwork David Kemp. Yeah. And all the psycho Leaf fans will comment to be like, David Kemp is a legit top six forward in this league. Yeah. Yeah. David <sighs> Kemp, the new Phil to know. Ryan, it's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Revival Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, which in our opinion stand up with any of the best boxer briefs sold anywhere. Things are high performance. And last but not least, 
a travel bag to carry all your goodies. Travel bag does come in clutch. In ah. fact, this weekend, big weekend with the wife. Had the travel bag. And you know what was in the travel bag? Weed Whacker Lawnmower 4.0 because that is the most essential tools in my travel bag. There's nothing worse than when you're out in a public setting situation like especially when you get older and you get like the weird ear hairs coming out like you just got to go in there and buzz that out if you want to be like ryan and you want to be prepared for big nights out with the significant other you go to manscape.com you fill up your cart with whatever you want when you check out you type in promo code the buds t-h-e-b-u-d-s and you get 20% off and free shipping worldwide. Ryan and I have been very vocal about how much we hate expensive shipping. So I, what an incredible deal. You could be anywhere in the world. And if you type in promo code the buds, you get all these all these amazing Manscaped products. And something that you should definitely look into and check out. Manscaped.com promo code the buds. I was trying to think of a good question to ask you on this week's episode, and I finally came up with one. And so I maybe I'll stump you, but I want to know. Which player not named Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander has the most to prove to you this season? Jack Campbell. Oh. 17-3-2 last season. I know it's 17-3. and three. I'm not sure about the last number, but the dude had a phenomenal year, and they're kind of trusting him off a small sample size, which ever since he got here, backup, starter, he's been pretty good. Yeah. You know, like it's from what you've seen, what he's given you, you have all the evidence to have like confidence that maybe this guy could could be the guy going forward. Now you went out and got Peter Morazic because you can't you can't just think that Jack Campbell is going to be your top guy. But do you also think, I feel like the the this is the way the league is going now where like the days of having a guy come in and rattle off 60 games, like the, like with sports science and yeah, everything yeah. and trying to keep these guys healthy. It's almost, it's almost like pitching in baseball. Yeah. Like dudes aren't throwing complete games anymore. They're, they're going two times through the lineup and then the bullpen comes in. It's almost like that with goaltenders yeah. now. It's We're not going to have a guy going, Like what you said, 60 games. We're going to have a tandem of two dudes who are solid and who can get us good games night in, night out and make the playoffs. But I think for Jack Campbell, it's like Jack Campbell can go and suck. Like, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Jack Campbell starts a couple games and he sucks. Yeah. Like, you know, so I think him, he is, I think he's the number one going in. Hmm. Like, you're not going to pick Peter Morazic over Jack Campbell after what Jack Campbell gave you last year. He, He, he was a starting goalie in the playoffs with Freddie Anderson sitting on the and he bench. Played, and he played pretty damn well. And he, he wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like, and for all the past playoff failures, a lot of fingers were pointed at Freddie Anderson. I, I didn't really hear that many fingers pointed at Jack Campbell after the end of that series. It was just all Marner and all those other guys. But I think for him, he has a lot to prove because I think it's his job to take to get the lion's share of the games and – it's. It, I think Jack Campbell has a lot of pressure to perform because if he doesn't perform, then it's like, okay, Peter Morazic's our number one goalie. You're counting on a tandem here, and maybe Peter Morazic sucks too. So you you don't know. No, I and Campbell is definitely up there on the list for me. It's it's. I'm gonna go Ilya Mikheyev, and the reason why I say that is because here's a guy who 
has really developed a reputation or, or earned a reputation as a guy who's a great skater and pretty good puck handler. Couldn't put the damn thing in the ocean. Can't score a goal to save his life. Then he and his agent have the stones to come out this season and oh. and request a trade and say that they don't like their role on the team. And it's like, so you combine the fact that like your production is nowhere near what, in my opinion, what it should be for you to start making demands like that. And also guy hurts his wrist, like has like a pretty scary injury two years ago. Yeah. Dubis goes and sits with him in the hospital. And whatever, and now you you're just gonna come out and say I don't like my role on the team. It's like score a goal, yeah, score a goal. He doesn't have a like. I always try to see like both sides of the argument, even though I always lean to one. That doesn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah, like, he was like he wasn't awful. Like the guy can skate. He has great feats of speed. But the fact of the matter is, like you said, this guy did not put the puck in the net last year. So it's like, what what do you want to do? Yep. What line do you want to be on? Even in the preseason, he's at it again. Scoring chances can't bury him. If you want to play with Marner and Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, both those duos need to find a player of a certain mold. It's clear that Marner and Matthews are looking for a player that is in the Zach Hyman mold. Get to the net, forecheck, first on pucks. Who, like, What type of player did Nylander and Tavares have to play with? Probably someone who's not super fast, someone who's not super skilled, kind of almost of the same ilk. And, and it's like, what do you bring? You bring a lot of speed, but if you don't have finish, you can't play yeah. on the top line. Yeah. If you can't put dirty goals in the net, like that's why Zach Hyman put over 20 Genos in the net a year because he did score some nice goals, but the dude was just a workhorse in front of the net all the time. If, you, if you're not willing to do that, then then shut up. Like Go on, go on the third line, kill penalties, Try to contribute, but like demand that was a joke. Demanding a trade. So so who are you? Yeah. So so let's why don't you put your money where your mouth is before you start going making these types of demands there, Eli McKayev. Another guy who I wanted to flag, which is um a rarity for us to not come on here and talk about like the top um dudes on this team is Timothy Lilligren. Like just quickly, like he said it himself. He's like, I'm in year five now, and it's kind of like, Yeah, you are. Like, what are you? Like, are you are you are we are you a Marley's lifer? Or are you gonna play? Are you gonna are you gonna make the big team this year? Well, like who's coming out? Like you, you look at their top six, it's it's pretty like he's gonna have to fight for that spot. He's a seventh defenseman. So if he if he goes into the season as the seventh defenseman, is he just the guy who just plays however many games a year and just draws in whenever someone's not playing well I mean, I or think so. someone's like, hurt. I think so. Like, it, yeah. I mean, like, I mean to me after last season, it's clear that they don't love Travis Dermott. Yeah. They don't love Travis Dermott. So like that's, or Rasmus Sandin too. There, there's another guy who has something to prove. He's still young defenseman needs seasoning. It's a little harder to get caught up to speed as a young defenseman, but you can make that same argument for Dermot. Yeah, and, and and Dermot has been Dermot's pretty physical. He's got some offensive upside. He he can move the puck out of his own end, but there just hasn't been that like next step to like top four status. Like Justin Hole leapfrogged Travis Dermot. If you told me two or three years ago when they both came up together, I would have said Dermot's the, the shoe in for sure to be in the top four. All of a sudden, Justin Hall is getting top four minutes playing against Connor McDavid and 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 Travis Dermot's riding pine. Like yeah. I don't 
So I, I with Lilligren, he's gonna have to earn that spot. But if somebody sucks, he better be ready. Yeah, I mean, Ra- Sandin's such a such a interesting player because some you talk to some people about him and and you say they kind of say what you just said, where it's like got tons of skill. Yeah. Um, it takes a long time for defensemen to season and develop. Still, a lot of things in his game to work on. Then you talk to some other people who are like, they can let, they can let Riley walk because he he'll just take that's over. A joke. Yeah. If you that's a joke. I, I'm not even gonna address that take. That take sucks. When I see Rasmus Sandy and I see a guy who can quarterback the power play, a guy who can contribute offensively, but he's going to get burned on his feet. I don't think he's a great skater. And one thing that Morgan Riley is, is a great skater. But sometimes Morgan Riley makes idiot decisions with the puck and makes a bad errant pinch every once in a while. Um, The next time that we uh, will get together to do an episode, we'll have watched the all or nothing documentary series. is it all coming out at once? I believe it is or all is coming it, it's, out. It's, no, it's I believe episode it is all by episode. How many episodes do you know? I think it's five episodes. Well, just if you want to know, every beat writer in the city wrote their spoiler review of it today. So just go on and read that. Um, I don't want any spoilers. I no. want it to be surprise. Who's the biggest loser and in who, the and dressing who, room? Who is surprisingly like like a beauty that you wouldn't expect? I know Jason Spets is already the beauty. Of the oh century. my god! You see him out. The guys okay, out. okay. Here, let, okay. I know all show we've been talking about. We don't buy into the preseason, okay? Yeah. But this is off last year too. Yeah. Watching that first preseason game, and and based on prior evidence from past seasons, I think Jason Spezza is a better quarterback of the power play than Mitch Marner. Like mm-hmm. that's that's my hot take of the preseason right now. This guy. The way he just slows, like when Marner has the puck, and now he's the now he's the bumper. That's all we're hearing today. But like yesterday, he was quarterbacking. He he was in Marner's spot, but on the opposite side of the ice. They don't have them on their one time spot. They have them on their strong side, quarterbacking from D to to wing. And in yesterday, I just found that he just paced it perfectly. He knows when to shoot. He has a slap shot. He's got an accurate shot. I know he's not the Jason Spezza of two thousand and seven but dude i i would seriously consider oh God, giving him guy, more time man guy is a, is a leader's he's like oh you can see the clip of him online just like out there with hosang and robertson yeah. just like helping them out yeah. like what, yeah man yeah he's a, he's a one he's a special guy yeah he's a special Which guy. Which is weird because i think he kind of had like a like a Nylander reputation before he came here. Yeah. Like he went to Dallas, got paid a lot of money and like probably disappointed the front office and the fan base and probably didn't contribute the way they thought he would. And then you bring him here on league men and all of a sudden the guy's a goat. Like uh, he's like he, for the amount of ice time he plays per game, he's arguably one of the most productive dudes in the league. And I think they should seriously consider him on the power play. I know he doesn't make the money. I know he's not a top player and you want your top players in those spots, but whatever. But dude, that guy could can quarterback a power. Yeah, he's and and he's just I I can't say enough about that. Yeah. I think you're right. Like I I um the the little promo that they released on their on their Instagram or whatever of when they announced the the Drew collaboration of Spezza opening up his Drew socks and being like, Oh, cool. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Ebs, 
Well, I know. I, I, would you like to tell everyone your take on the, the Drew collaboration? Yeah, you sent it to me in a group chat. And because uh, I thought this was a really good point, there was a couple different reactions, and my reaction was anything to keep thirty four in Toronto, I'm all for. Yeah, whatever you got to pay the guy, it, you can't lose. No, no, like, oh it, my god! It, if if it takes, that'll be if that happens. Oh, that would be one of the saddest days. Canceling the podcast. History. Yeah, canceling the podcast. Yeah, We're it, done. Yeah, yeah, that would be one of the saddest days in franchise. Dude, like any, if I have to look at Justin Bieber's face in his brand for the rest of my life <laughs> to make this man happy yeah, that, <laughs> that's I, i'm that's a price i'm willing yeah, to pay yeah. you'll go and pay 98 bucks for a drew t-shirt yeah i will and no no problem to keep austin around to keep him happy to keep him in that spotlight stardom that he loves <laughs> rolling up to the ufc event with the beebs yeah if that if that's gonna make him happy even though that take didn't really work with like Drake and Kawhi in the Raptor situation, but this is a little different. I hope that something like that would convince him to stay because I I'm looking at how many years are left on that contract. I'm getting a little worried. Yeah, so yeah, if Biebs plays any factor in this, drew it up all day long. Well, so he's got three years left. So you, starting next year, the main story is going to be contract extension. When are you signing an extension? I, I, I will, I don't know if I want to do this, but I will put down a huge bet, okay. a massive bet okay. that Austin Matthews hits unrestricted free agency no matter what. He will not re-sign. He might sign back to play for them, but yeah. I, I honestly, I'm almost like 100% sure. I'm 95% sure that this guy, he's a new age dude. Yeah, in the league, thinks differently. He probably has an agent that that thinks young and has a new hip attitude. Dude, the guy signed a five year deal. Yeah. Connor McDavid didn't sign a five year deal. Well, Connor McDavid has. I love Austin Matthews, but Connor McDavid is is heads and and knees ahead of Austin Matthews in terms of like a, a hockey player. Yeah, like he's the best hockey player in the world. It's not even close, in my opinion. He could have signed a three year deal or a five year deal. He signed eight, and this guy. Why did he sign a five-year deal? I, I, that's what I want to know. It's and so he could go to unrestricted free agency. And that and the only reason I can think of is he's got a, a new attitude towards the league. His agent is probably young and hip and has all these new ideas. And he wants to hit unrestricted free agency early because it's going to be, he's going to be the highest paid hockey player in the NHL when that contract was yep. yep. Because he's going to, he, there's going to be so many teams going after it. I can almost, guarantee you this guy hits unrestricted can i can i just I, okay so i agree with you first and foremost i do see that happening as well but can we put to can we put one thing to rest Th this horrific take that or oh, he's gone in three years and he's going home to arizona it's like what do we know about austin matthews guy loves the spotlight loves the celebrity of it all loves it He's not going to play in Arizona where nobody cares about the team. And it's, he's not where going they're getting to getting kicked out of their building after yeah. this season. If Austin Matthews is going to play anywhere else in this league, he's going to play for the New York Rangers. He's going to play for the LA Kings. Yeah. He's going to play for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Chicago Blackhawks. Chicago Blackhawks. Maybe Bruins. The boss, he's going to play for a, a, a franchise that has history and you could still be a celebrity. I was a GOAT NHL player and I was 
That was a big shot. Why wouldn't you want to go play there? Oh, like, 100%. Come on. 100%. Like you're living in downtown New York, playing at the world's most famous arena yeah. every night, getting paid a boatload of cash. Yep. Like, why, like, why wouldn't you want to do that? So, if they're, so I agree with you, and I think he is. And listen, as much as it will, like, and I have a double-edged sword take on that, too, because as much as I'll be, a, I'm a Leaf fan, and I'll be freaking out when that happens, like, the NHL is so boring for that kind of thing, and having a player that just does that will make it so much more interesting and hopefully starts a trend where you get, because the best thing about the NFL in the offseason is the NBA by a mile yeah, the NBA is, dominates. is player movement. All, and it's it's so exciting. Like Russell Westbrook went to the Lakers. Yes, yeah, like, I know, I know. To play with LeBron and yeah. Anthony Day, like what? Yes. Like what? Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving and James Harden are on the same team. Well, can I just say one of the things that makes me have such respect and a huge fan of well, is he's just like, no, I'm not going to go be on a super team. Then he goes and wins a title. Pretty goat. Yeah, that pretty is goat. pretty goat. That's putting where your money, where your mouth is, and being a goat. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. What a badass. Yeah, that was sick. That was awesome. All right, buddy. I think uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. I'm really looking forward to watching uh, the All or Nothing series. I, I I can't remember. I mean, like when they played in the in the Winter Classic, we had like the road to the Winter Classic with good one, Randy. Good one. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. With that, and and we had and remember Babcock. Do you remember Babcock when he was coaching the Wings? Like the Wings are on like a losing streak, and he goes and he freaks out at the crew, and he's like, "Get the out of here." Great yeah, stuff. The, no, the, the 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 first one they did though was the goat with Boudreaux and and Bilesma. Uh, uh, oh no! Yeah. See, see, no, 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 no. Yeah, that one. But that the, one was unfiltered. No. Like Bruce Boudreaux dropped more f bombs well, in those episodes. No, no, than, no, 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 no. The one that came either was I think it was after it with Tortorella, where he goes into the Rangers locker room and <laughs> if we're not gonna battle. We're not gonna cha- have a chance to win. Jesus Christ! How much more do we gotta talk about it? <laughs> hilarious. Like we're trying, man. We're the, trying. Hilarious. Yeah. That's gonna do it for us this week, everyone. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Also, check us out on our Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast. Tell your friends, like, subscribe, leave a review. We love reviews. Although I found out that this whole like leave a review it helps the a- algorithm is actually bullshit. But I'm gonna say it anyway. Leave a review. It helps the algorithm. We'll catch you guys next week and after all or nothing. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. 
This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.